This is rock and roll. Hello, everyone. Who the? No, I'm saying fly. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> I love that. Fuck this. Let's go, smokes. Let's go, smokes. You don't even smoke bubbles. Give me a smoke hairdo. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to lose my crib. I know what it's like to lose my band and my chick. And it fucking sucks ass. You know what? Fuck it. I'm taking the whole barrel, $125 Eni's worth. Let's fucking do it. Let's blaze. And the puppet. Come on. Fuck the right. fucking $125,000 worth of this shit. Get it in the fucking bus. Let's go. Get it loaded. Open it up. Let's go. Let's blaze. Come on. Right now. Come on. Get it. We got five fucking barrels worth of oil, man. Oh, God. You're the tour manager, right? Good. Then tour manage my nuts. Get on at the bus and get the money. Puppet too, dude. Okay, so just so we're clear here, Bobby Turklino was never part of the deal. Bubbles, if I'm gonna sell my retirement for the good of this pair, I think maybe the least you could do is hand over that little fuck face. Come on, hurry up. I gotta get on the road to Kalamazoo to go on the road with Rat. What do you think, Bobby? Do you wanna go live with Sebastian Bach? Do I want to go live with a rock star and get my little fabric bird sock? There's most shit berries in the woods. Me, Rick, and me want to go too. Come on, bro. $25,000. Pretty much every cent we made to emerging yeah. meet Way to go, Baz. Hey, welcome to the Las Vegas Raiders Fan Club Podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> gotcha. All right, all right. Let's warm this sucker up. Got to get some things off my chest tonight. Welcome to Restricted Airspace. Take two. Uh, it is late. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. You know, it's one of those nights. Just not really... Not really on here to bitch a bunch, but, you know, we'll let it all out sometimes. Here and there, I let it all out. I'm gonna do my best to cheer myself up and just hang. Just hang, and if... I don't know. You know, the audience is slowly growing. I, uh, I do this to keep myself busy, and uh, I enjoy it. I, I uh, have a few of you out there that, that I think enjoy it as well. Um, podcasting in general is like a journal, you know? It really is. It's like a, uh, here you go, read this. Um, type of thing that um, 
I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate to be able to do this, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, um, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I encourage people to do this, you know? It's, uh, I come on here and I'm like, hey, I'm your captain, I'm your host, and, and it's, it's a good feeling to get that out. But it's not an ego thing. It's more like growing up, if anyone listening to this, did you ever like imagine like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Sonny? You know, deep down, I wanted to be a quarterback. Deep down, I wanted to be a race car driver or a golfer. But as I got older, <clears throat> listening to the radio, of all things, really intrigued me. And I it just sparked my interest. And I've always had a thing for just like hearing someone's opinion and, and the narrative. And, and <laughs> I'm 33 now, and uh, I would say about 20 years ago, I started realizing, fuck, man, there's a lot of puppets out there. <laughs> Look at all the fucking puppets on TV, on the internet. I mean, they're just going through the motions. They're on a treadmill. What happens when you unplug the treadmill? <laughs> Who are they deep down? Are they that nice person with the pretty fucking smile and all that fucking caked on makeup, male or female? I don't think so. Sometimes those are troubled people and they probably cuss at their producer and their assistants. And this is true. It's come out for many people. Um, you know. Where I'm going with this, I'm not really sure, but um, I just think that tonight is a night that I, I need to let some things off my, uh, get some things off my chest and off my shoulders. Um, long overdue to, to do this one, but um, I'm not going to make it really long. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be kind of brief for this one um the beginning of august my drummer mikey just i picked him up for practice now I'll give you a little rundown on mikey um he had a disability from a young age and uh it handicapped him to walk correctly so um, how do I say this um, you know Latin American like a Hispanic born here so he's a, a basically what I'm trying to say is he is a uh, an American citizen and he happens to be Mexican and uh, raised by a good mother um, his, his father, what he told me, had battled with um, alcoholism and, and he was violent. And then uh, I guess his parents divorced and his father um, went to California. And uh, now he's completely straight and uh, has a good job out there in California. And I've met him, he's a great guy, great guy. And um, 
Mikey's got two, I would say, talented brothers. Um, I have an opinion about one of the brothers in particular. I think he was a bad influence on Mikey and uh, not really shy to say it. I thought the guy was a, a fantastic musician, phenomenal at flamenco guitar, but um, puts on a smile on stage and has a pretty girl that sings with him every now and then. And I, I, I look up to her. She's a nice girl, but um, he, at home, and the stories I've heard from Mikey, he's a piece of shit. He's one of those brothers It's like masking all of his fucking problems and uh, taking it out on people like Mikey. Now, Mikey's a grown man. He's a grown, grown adult now. But he has a handicap and in 2018 about a week before Christmas we played a show and his brother uh, not his brother we played a show for one of his favorite bands opened up for them and it, the band name was uh, Smile Empty Soul Smile Empty Soul and Mikey was on Cloud Nine and I pulled some strings to make that happen and that was something that doesn't come around very often and so he sticks around it was a sunday we played so i had to get going and get up and go to work the next day obviously a lot of us did he stayed he's unemployed he gets government help and money from disability and all that <clears throat> excuse me and um fuck story is kind of hard to tell I'm not gonna lie so I ask him I go hey man do you have a ride do you have a ride home are you good are you good because I'm not gonna stay and me and my ex-girlfriend at the time were standing there talking to him and all my gear is loaded up in my car and I'm gonna take it back to my to my place and then go to work in the morning well I say goodbye to him and I'm like okay well you got your cousin to give you a ride okay so you're good alright man love you homie good show I'm out you know I hit the road um, I wake up at like 6am and I probably take a piss or something and I look at my phone and I had like three three missed calls from Mikey and a bunch of text messages and it just didn't make sense like the text mess the text messages were just like jumble they were just like nonsense like numbers and letters if anyone ever butt dialed you or butt texted you before that's what it looks like <clears throat> so it was like right off the bat for him to call me at like 3 30 in the morning it was just not like him to do that so that freaked me out. I tried to call him, it went straight to his voicemail. I go to work. By the time it's my first break, my break is at 9 a.m. Um, I get a message uh, from a friend, friend of the bands mainly, uh, someone that our singer Kevin knows. And uh, she goes, hey, have you have you heard from Mikey or do you know where he's at? 
and I'm like, no, question mark, why, you know, and she goes, I think we have a problem here, and then, like, two minutes later, she sends me a link, and it's a, uh, a link to an overnight car crash on, uh, what highway is that, I-44, going, that would have been going west, so, immediately, I see the names on this website, and it's a local news website, and I see the names involved in this crash, and I see the car, and I'm like, my heart just fucking dropped, man. I, I, not lying, I thought he was dead. I was like, there's no fucking way. The, the way that car looked, flipped over, and they said he had been high rate of speed, hit the guardrail, slid like probably almost a fucking football field, you know, half, like 50 yards. It had to have slid at least 30 to 50 yards. So that's a long distance for you people that know about, don't know about yards. Basically that's like 150 feet or a little less. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try and contact some hospitals and I'm going to probably leave and leave work. And I tell my boss immediately, I tell my foreman, I'm like, look, man, um, my drummer's been in a horrible accident and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And then now that it's break time, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go. So he was like, yeah, man, do, do what you need to do, man. And, uh, so I get notified that he's at uh, St. Francis. And that's a very, very big hospital. It's like the number one hospital here in my town and city. I mean, pretty much now. You know, there's other hospitals, but Hillcrest, St. John's. Fuck. Uh, so I go to St. Francis and I'm not gonna lie to you I, I'm i expecting the worst I'm fighting back anger at myself for not taking him home that night I'm fighting back anger for whatever the fuck happened with his cousin I'm fighting back tears and just raw emotion I was full of all of it I had probably had some caffeine, so I was just fucking decked out on... <laughs> I'm maxed out on everything at that point. I go to the desk, and the lady at the desk, like, knows everything about who I'm trying to find. She knows all about him. And I'm like, God damn, man, he's a fucking local legend right now. You know, not a legend, but he's a local star at the moment. Not for the good reasons. <laughs> and I see, I go to the floor in the room that the lady told me about, and immediately I see uh, his mother and his brother hugging and crying. And um, I'm like, look, I was gonna take him home. His cousin was there. I was like, I, I love Mikey. I would never have done anything. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have left him in a bad situation. I swear to God. 
And I was, I saw them crying. And fuck, dude, it broke me down. Like, it really broke me down. It's hard to even talk about it right now. It fucking hit me. Like, it was fucked, man. And I gave his mother a hug. I gave his brother a hug. I said, I, I want to go in there and see him. I want to go in there and see him. Please let me go in there and see him. They were like, yeah, okay, you can go in. So I go in there, and he's a wink. He's sitting up. He's just got a huge bandage, bandage on his arm and his leg. And he's like, I'm, obviously he's on drugs. Say, hey, he tells me, he just immediately, he's just like, hey, what's up? Like nothing's wrong. He was on cloud nine on the pain morphine or whatever the hell they're giving him. And uh, his cousin's there too. His cousin's in the room with him talking. And uh, I'm just trying to joke around with him and make him smile. And uh, his cousin made a remark about video games and I didn't catch it until like the next day and then that that all happened so fast I'm not gonna lie to you it happened so fast and I I got out of there I had told him I loved him and I was sorry that that happened and I had a brief window to talk to him like I I couldn't be in there long is what I'm getting at telling a I don't know. I'm this I'm trying to do my best to to say this without like breaking down right now. But um Basically, he was on drugs. Okay. He was happy to see me. We joked around a little bit. I had to go. At the moment I had moved out of my parents' house. No, no, no. At the moment I had moved out of my house with my ex. And I lived at that house with her for about close to five years. So I'm going home to where my parents are. And uh, so I go home. I, I communicate and tell Kevin and, and Tom and everybody and letting all that sink in and, and my my ex was comforting me and all that and uh it was fucked man it was fucked it was one of the only times she ever was like really there for me at that time so i would just say that but yeah um so the next day that was not not a good day the next day he messaged me that they had to remove his hand and he's a drummer I mean fuck it it doesn't matter even if he wasn't a drummer they, they removed his hand okay and this guy has and had so much God given talent like just the motherfucker was born with just he was born with it 
It'd be like asking why and how Jimi Hendrix is that good. I don't know. He's Jimi Hendrix. That's how it was with Mikey. This dude was just born to play the fucking drums. Okay, I got my point across. It's established. So he texts me and tells me that his hand is gone. And I lost it. I lost it. I threw my phone, I fucking punched things, I was crying. I was like, why? Why him of all people? He's already fucking handicapped. And these are moments like this where I question everything. Like why, if there is a fucking God, why would he allow things like this to happen? I realize things like this happen and worse around me. I know I'm not the only one that goes through shit. I realize that. But it's moments like this where I question everything. It fucking, it irritates the shit out of me, man. It just bothers me. And moving forward from that moment was so difficult. Like, we went up there to comfort him, try to make him laugh. How do you make somebody sitting in a bed that lost their hand and they're really bruised and nearly they're, they're lucky they're alive. I kept telling them. I was like, that's how I kept saving. I was just like, dude, you're lucky you're alive. You're lucky you're here. You're lucky you're even talking right now. You could be paralyzed. You could have woken up dead. Some people that go in a car crash, uh, a ride home like that, and, and flip and hit a guardrail, hit a guardrail and flip. I mean, geez, man. Sometimes, like, those people that, that do that and they didn't wear a seatbelt, um, they paint the ground. They paint the ground with their with their body. I mean, we're just... We're a water balloon. <laughs> we're, we're jello with bones and... I mean, come on, you know? We can't survive things like that. The impact alone... Like when you hit something and just stop, it's it's good thing it wasn't something like that, because that's that those are the, the lethal, the fatal ones, you know. Your neck, and your brain. God, I'm not a doctor. I'm so not a doctor. I'm gonna try to go down that road. But there's a stem in your near your neck and near your head that like if that breaks, you're done. You're done. It, it happens in racing all the time. It used to happen a lot more. Now there's a Hans device, and it, it helps a lot. But with the Hans device, you know, you could uh, just support your head and, like, in your neck and your posture of your neck and your body and your torso. So, like, there's not that thrashing, that whiplash effect. It's kind of like... Um, Almost like you're giving yourself a little cloud, a little cushion. And uh, anyway, getting back to all this Mikey stuff. Um, moving on, me and, and the band, Kevin and Tom. Kevin's a singer and Tom's a bass player. And I'm going to get them on here soon sometime and we'll talk. Uh, but... Man, I'm going to go back and forth on stories. The reason I'm talking about Mikey here is that uh, early August, he just was like, you know, 
I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm taking him to, to fucking practice. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? You're, you're, you're leaving the band as I'm taking you to practice? Okay. So I guess we're not going to practice when we get there. We're just going to talk and uh, get some of your drums. So I'm a, I'm a ride to go get his stuff and a ride to take his stuff back. And I'm thinking this in my head as I'm driving him to practice. And I'm just, I'm pretty fucking angry and I'm more hurt than anything. So, I mean, this all happened within five years. Like, I got him in the band because um, an old friend of mine, Charlie, had was the reason I knew about Doxy. So, Charlie grew up in a small town east of Tulsa, and he liked Doxy growing up. Like, he liked him a lot. And uh, then he exited the band and we needed a drummer and uh it was weird timing because we had played a big show downtown tulsa and charlie leaves the band so i'm like okay well i know a guy and i hadn't talked to mikey in like five years like i had him over to my house we had a party one time like just ran into him at the bar but i called him up 2017 I was like, hey, man, we have a pretty big show coming up. We need a drummer. Um, you want to try out? And I was like, I can. I told him I could come pick him up and just try it. Of course, I asked him how he was doing and all that. And he, he sounded like he was pretty down, like he was living with his mother in, uh, in a little town south of Tulsa. And... Uh, so he said, yeah, I'll try it. And I picked him up and it was right off the bat. It all worked. It all clicked. Kevin and Tom were probably thinking, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And then boom, we started playing just one little song and it ended up being Karma on the first album that I did with them. Me and Mikey did. So Mikey did three albums with us and I, I've done three albums, but I will. I plan on doing more than three, so I'll just say that. But um, if you listen to the song Karma, Doxy, the band's name is Doxy and the song is Karma, but we were jamming on that for the first time. And uh, man, just, it was all the cliche words and terms, you know, it was electric. It, they, he made us sound better. That's that's the best way to put it. He made us sound better, and uh, that's that's what you're looking for. You, your band is only as good as your drummer, and that's the truth. So anyone listening that you have a uh, drummer that doesn't doesn't cut it, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta figure out why you're in this music stuff. Are you in it for just kicking rocks and having a couple laughs and a couple bud wipers or you um, trying to get serious because if you're trying to get serious your drummer could definitely not be your weakest link he needs to be your backbone he needs to be your spine because uh, you can't walk you can't run you're only as good as your drummer that's the truth 
I'd say like the bass players, like the, uh, I don't know, the feet and the, and then the shoes, you know, the foundation too. But um, getting back to that hospital story, all that sunk in and it sunk in for him and it sunk in for me and uh, the singer Kevin and, and the bass player Tom and we were like, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna stand by you, man. Like we kept telling him that we were like, we're gonna stand by you. We're gonna work through this. We're gonna work through this somehow, some way. And uh, for a brief moment, we, me and uh, Kevin and Tom talked about having a relief drummer. We weren't trying to replace him, but we were thinking about getting a relief drummer. And then we ended up just not doing that. And uh, Tom, being the engineer and whiz that he is, he ended up building several um, prosthetic drumstick holders, basically, where he wrapped it around Mikey's right, like where your wrist is. So Mikey had like that wrist and they pretty much like right where your wrist is that everything else was gone for his for his hand so it attached that like maybe a foot down so from his wrist and then maybe a foot down and it would attach with like padding and had aluminum steel and had velcro to tighten it on there and he had like some really nice spring that that had like a piece of uh, EMT that was like smashed down and it held the stick just right with like a I don't know a 3 8 bolt threaded 3 8 bolt and a hexagon head and you could tighten it and you know I mean Tom went all out and it held the stick and it would like flop with the spring so it had like almost a human touch to it I mean, obviously, it's not the real thing, but it, it was pretty damn good for just making it in his garage. And uh, Tom makes, he's worked for aircraft companies where you, you're making stuff and it has to be precise. So he's good at doing all the fine details of all the mechanical stuff. But uh, it was cool because we moved on and we ended up doing the album um, Devolution. And that was in... I think that was 2019 when we released it. But, uh, man, I'd just say 2020 wasn't kind to any of us, but, um, that's all for the obvious stuff. Um, our shows just kind of went down after, after COVID. It just, the opportunities weren't there. Like, um, we had some other things that happened with certain members, like getting sick, you know. We were a little worried about playing shows in general because um, Kevin's not a spring chicken anymore and he, he we can't be risking his health. So we didn't, we chose to not play certain shows when we possibly could have, but it wasn't. It was more like a group vote that we were just like, nah, it's not the right time. Because it's like when we, 
we could have played those shows, who would have been there? That's another thing. It's like you're going to lug all your gear and drive somewhere, and then it just... It's, it seems like it's back to normal now, but 2020 and like 20 and 21, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it. It just really didn't feel like it. I feel like this is the first time it's felt almost back to normal, even though I'm still wearing a mask at work when I'm in the lobby at the hospital, but hospitals are a different story. And I'm all over the place on this, I know. But, um... So, needless to say, what this had a lot to do with was Mikey was unhappy not playing enough shows. And, uh, I think he was getting, from what he told me, in the car, and then when we got to Tom's, where we rehearse at, he was like, I, I, I said, man, are you just not happy playing with us? Because if, if it's that, that's fine. But, you know, I wish you had handled it a little differently. But um, one thing that Tom said that I agreed with, he was like, I'm glad you had the, had the guts to do this in person. And I totally agreed to that. Because if he had sent us a message or called even, and said I'm out that would not have been cool like that would have been even worse so I'm glad he did it in person but man like I'm gonna wrap this up fairly soon but um, the thing that killed me listeners is that he just seemed like he didn't have any remorse like no regret and for me to be his friend for nearly 10 years five years one time and then another five years ah, just man it like if you've listened to any any of my other podcasts you realize I've gone through quite a bit in the last four years lost a 10 year 10 year relationship with someone I loved and uh basically got blindsided by that that ended badly and uh, music and my friends online currently I I have very few friends in person since COVID it's just like there's a lot there's a lot that I haven't told you listeners that that will all make sense um, when I get to it Um, I'm doing my best to pop these podcasts out when I can but there's a lot you haven't heard about uh, where I got my strings um, If the, and this one will be on Podbean so as bad as the audio is on those if you if you would listen to those at some point I'm going to release probably part 4 um, fairly soon technically it'll be like part 2 and part 4 so without confusing you it's basically part 4 um, but anyway, uh, man, he just didn't have any remorse and he, he said he wanted to play more shows and I'm not, and I'm not able to play my drums as much as I want. And, uh, like he didn't seem sad, didn't seem upset. 
And I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I laid into him more than anyone else did. Kevin and Tom didn't really, they were like not surprised. Because we had had some problems with Mikey going through depression and not really wanting to play drums. Because every time he would put that drum prosthetic on his arm, there was times where he would just fucking throw the thing. He threw it down on the ground and said, fuck, as loud as he could. And we were like, what's going on? What's wrong? And then I started to obviously connect the dots. I was like, he's just frustrated, guys. Like, Tom was like, what's up? I was like, he's just frustrated, man. Like, if you lost your hand, I think you'd be frustrated too. Like, you were once this good. I mean, I'm not kidding you, listeners. This guy, on a scale of 1 to 10, as a drummer, if he wasn't a 10, he was a 9.7, 9.9. This dude could do anything. He could do Latin beats, he could do death metal beats, he could do blues, jazz, Latin, you name it. Country, I've heard him do it all. Honestly, I have. He has endurance, and he's handicapped. It's like he has endurance, and he's just got the raw talent to do it, and he's got the heart to do it. But um, basically what he, he was telling us is his heart wasn't in it, and he, he wanted to move on, but I kept thinking, well... He canceled practice like 10 minutes before I was supposed to like go pick him up. Um, the week before he ended up leaving. And he uh, said he was with his brothers. And I called him out on that. I was like, you're telling me a week ago, canceling practice at the last minute had nothing to do with this? Like, come on, dude, don't lie to us. Don't lie to us, you've come this far. We're already leaving, you're already leaving. You know, just tell us the fucking truth. And quite honestly, I don't think he did tell us the truth. He said, no, it had nothing to do with that. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm like, well, pack up your stuff. I'm going to wait in the car. I helped him with a couple things, but he ended up taking a whole bunch of shit. And I was just like, God damn, dude. So I'm packing up this Toyota Camry to the gills. <sighs> It was just not a good day. And quite honestly, since then, for about the last three or four weeks, I've just been numbing the pain and trying to ignore it. And we have a couple drummers that are interested and one guy in particular we're gonna possibly try out and jam with after Rocklahoma. He's playing in a another popular band that was back around the 80s and 90s. Um, I'm not gonna say the name of that band, but um, they're good people. Um, I dated the singer of that band. Uh, not, I did, not me. I didn't date her. Um, my old drummer, Daniel, dated the singer of that band's daughter, and then uh, we ended up opening up for that band at several big shows. Like we opened up for Firehouse, and that they were a big '80s and '90s band back in the day. We played, opened up for them, and. Uh, little town called Claremore and it was uh, I don't know there was maybe like 500 to 600 people there it was a pretty good sized show um, played a Kane's Ballroom show with them as well and another show for like somebody that had cancer at a little biker bar but anyway my gut feeling is that he is either jamming with his brothers 
I talked about his brothers earlier in this podcast, and um, he did that to me once in another band when I was in a band called Overdrive with my ex, and she was a singer and a old bass player from my old old band, Hollywood Harlot. He was the bassist, and then another great guitar player named Zach. He was he still plays, and he's amazing too. So. Like, three or four of us still play, but we're all doing different things. Uh, me and Mikey were doing Doxy for five years, so... I guess, in a way, I should be thankful he lasted that long. Um, he's the kind of guy that he likes a lot of different music, and I think he likes more of the grungy and blues and uh, Latin stuff. Um, he had... He had stated that to me in the past, like that he uh, he wasn't so much into the like metal and rock as much, but he was still like if it, if it was a good song, he would get into it. So we wrote some good stuff with him. Like, I mean, shit, what was that like? Nearly thirty songs we did, three different albums. So that's pretty good within five years, considering it um, a pandemic happened. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to get on here and get that off my chest. Um, I have even more to say, but I think for now I'm probably gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. To be honest with you, um, I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts with. Um, my new online family. I'm going to call them my family now. <laughs> They're my frequent flyers and my, I'm a pain in their ass and they're a pain in my ass, but we love each other and they're funny and, and I, I'd like to think I make them laugh too. So um, for anyone else out there listening that you don't know me, um, thank you for listening. Um, I enjoy doing this. I'm going to only try to get better at it. I think even someday I might do a couple of video streams where I can get video going, but I want to be in a better financial spot for to do that. So uh, I do I do think audio is the way to go um, for anyone out there that just wants to start and do it. Just start out with audio. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't don't look at it as AM and FM radio. Look at it as you're teaching yourself how to listen. You're teaching yourself how to do dialogue. Have a plan. I'm learning that, and I've gotten advice from other other friends. And they, they're helping me, and I'm trying to help them. And, um, man. You know, I, I look at what I just said to all of you, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have it that bad. I really don't. I just have a lot to say at times, like we all do. And we everyone out there has a voice and I've heard somebody say on a podcast before like it's a crime that we can all just say what we want whenever we want and do a podcast and I'm like you know what I want to show people like that it's like somebody telling you no you're not good enough to play baseball you're not good enough to play football you're not good enough to play guitar or piano or sing fuck you watch me dude watch me I'm not saying I'm going to be the next fucking Rogan I'm not saying that, but I'm going to do this till I fucking get tired of it. It keeps me sane, and at the moment, I haven't been playing guitar a lot. That's another reason I've been down, 
because it's hard to me for me to like pick up the guitar and like not think about all the bullshit that's happened and uh it's it sucks being uh, the type of the personality that i have it's a, it's a blessing and a curse it's like um i don't know i was even more of an emotional wreck back then it's a good thing i'm not like that anymore but um it's okay to have a heart but um when you run off emotion it's not good either so I'm doing my best to not run on emotion like I used to. You kind of grow out of that teenage angst and all that punk rock energy, testosterone or estrogen, whichever, whoever's listening here. But, um, yeah, once again, thank you for listening. Um, I'm your captain, I'm your host, I'm your pilot, Captain Kirk. And we'll catch you on the next one.